Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Cooter Villa channel. I'm Scott Cooper, and I'm here with Noah Fisher to discuss Aston Villa versus Burnley from Saturday afternoon. Yep, after a couple of bad results, we were in for a big game. We needed the three points, and we got it somehow. Just sort of limped across the line, but a huge win for us. Huge 2023, and we'll be talking about all that and much more after this. Okay, yeah, so we're back at Villa Park. It was our last game of 2023. Burnley were the visitors. And after the second half capitulation against Man United, um, we needed to get back to winning ways, Noah. We needed the three points to to uh, keep this run for Champions League football going. And we got the three points, but it wasn't as straightforward as probably many of us would have wanted. But look... Um, you know, in these kind of times, you just need to turn the script around and get the win. We did that. Um, Ollie Watkins, fantastic with a couple of assists. Douglas Louise with the penalty and off the bar at the end. And we 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 got there. So what were your thoughts? And um and and how do you think how big a result is this for Villa? Uh well, happy new year, Scott. We're in Melbourne happy. seven hours off uh welcoming in 2024. So we're filming this the day. Of the game, or just after the game, I guess you could say. Um, yeah. At 4 a.m. So it's a massive win. In my opinion, it's a massive win. They're the games you have to win. When you're yep. not playing your best, you're playing a bit scrappy. And look, I think the players are very tired. I think we can see that. And we're missing some depth that we don't have. Um, there's a few players that we are definitely missing. Yeah. We should be able to welcome back in the next Premier League game. Kamara being the key one, he'll be back. Mm. Um, but I... I don't know. It's like a clinical display. I mean, I'm just I'm buzzing for Watkins that he got two assists. Um, he's now the assist leader in the Prem. But I think there's so many things you've got to work on. Like that, when we were 2-1 up in the game, and I will touch on it more, but there were some big chances to put the game to bed that we just did not capitalise on. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there was a couple of changes. Uh, Diaby came back in uh, to the starting lineup. Um, Dendonka made way and um uh McGinn went back into that more defensive midfield role um and then the other one was forced with Luca Digne being injured so Mourinho came in to replace him but and, um look I think we there's a lot of positives to take from this game I think going forward like you said we created a lot of chances I thought Bailey was really good he obviously scores the first goal um, Diaby back on the score sheet as well is a huge thing because I think it was um, 10 games without a goal for him. Um, so that was really massive for us. And uh, at halftime, I was reasonably happy because we were 2-1 up. Yes, we'd, we'd given them a soft goal um, from the free kick. Um, and, you know, they created a, a couple of chances, but I thought we would defend them quite well. You know, I mean... We, we can get into the defending later because I think that is a bit of a, a talking point. But I think going forward, we were creating chances. We were looking dangerous. Ollie Watkins was a man possessed in this game. I really thought he was our best player and the best player on the pitch by far. Um, and he was running the channels like I hadn't seen him run for a, a long time, getting those kicks from Martinez, holding the ball up, getting us up the pitch, getting us into areas where... We can cause problems. And I think we did that quite well. And uh, Ollie Watkins, fantastic. 
Yeah, by far the best player on the the pitch. He's been unbelievable. He showed his versatility in this game. He's also a good playmaker. I mean, he's got the most assists in the Premier League with eight. I know that's with a couple of games we played in this match week, but he's still got eight assists this season, nine goals. It's quite remarkable when you compare him to to other players. Like, this player's got more goals than him, but have nowhere near the amount of goal contributions as him. And it goes down the list. Leon Bailey has six Premier League goals now. Douglas Weiss, mm. I think, has five or six, and Diaby has five or uh, four or five as well. So we're getting our goals, and yes, it's nice to have a striker that's very clinical, like an Erling Haaland that just just scores bags of goals. Yeah, but it's also needed to have someone that can set him up for everyone as well. And he's playing such a crucial role. And I think he's had a couple of games where he was knuckled down a little bit, couldn't mm. really do what he wanted, and yeah. Against a lesser team like Burnley, no disrespect to them, but on the ladder, I think he probably came to a little bit more confidence, hoping he could get that goal that he needed to get his 10th for the season. That's right. And I thought he started the game a little bit sort of slowly. He he had a couple of bad touches when the ball came out to him, trying to hold the ball up. But then, you know, for the opening goal, he was magnificent, holding off um, the defender, turning him in the channel, getting, you know, goal side and then, the pass to Diaby, I think a lot of people felt like it wasn't um, no, for Bailey. Sorry, wasn't meant for Bailey, but I I think it was. Is perfectly onto his left foot, you know. And um, we we all know that you know you get the ball to Leon Bailey's left foot in in the box, he's gonna he's gonna finish a lot. So um, yeah, I thought it was a fantastic build up, and then on the second goal as well. Um, you know, it, he thought he was offside, but it just proves to him, you know, what a player is that he can continue. And, um, you know, with that sort of doubt in the back of his mind, he can still create the goal, beautifully cut back for DRB, who had a simple finish. And um, look, um, yeah, going forward, I thought we, we looked really good and we were getting some of the spark back that I think we saw around the Man City game and before that game. You know, I think since Man City... Going forward, we've looked a bit sort of uh, short on ideas at times, a bit slow, a bit um, less ruthless as as we've been. And um, I thought that side of the game was very positive because I thought we got that back. Um, now, what is that because of Burnley? Um, you know, they're not the greatest team in the Premier League, obviously. They play a very open style, very attacking style, and that can sort of um, lead to them conceding a lot of goals, which they have this season so far. Um, so, you know, it'd be interesting to see if we can continue that into the next games. Um, you know, Middlesbrough in the Cup is the next one. Uh, we've got a, a whole week off. And I think it's going to be great for the players as well. So what are your thoughts? Do you think... Um, you know, it was a bit to do with Burnley, the fact that we had so much joy going forward, or do you think we found our groove back? I think it's a bit of a couple of things. I think Emery fired an absolute rocket at them during the week yep. um, after United Great game. Point. So I think they were coming out firing because the second half, we kind of went back to our tiredish, slow build-up ways. And even when Burnley equalised in the second half, I think that it took something special from John Duran, a bit of change of pace, a bit of faster movement to draw the penalty because we weren't doing that and the crowd were getting quite frustrated and mm. and stuff but the first half was unbelievable we got kind of back to that ball movement that was required um i think we're getting our mojo back so i think this week off will be really good and then obviously some key players might get a bit of a rest in the in the fa cup as much as i want to go on a, a big cup run i know middlesbrough have a, a league cup game coming up just a couple of days after the fa cup i think so they're going to probably right. rest a few players as well because they're further along in that tournament so it's going to be a bit of a rotation squad, give some guys some time off, and then 
back in action against uh, in the Cooper Cup against Everton. That's right, yes. Um, Everton is the next game in the Premier League, and that's going to be um, a difficult game. But, you know, they're, they've actually hit a bit of a form slump since they... I was going to say, they've last three now. Mm, yeah, they were going really well about a month ago, but uh, it seems to have dropped off a little bit. So hopefully we can keep that going um, in that match. But, yeah, I think Middlesbrough will be interesting because we've actually got just one game a week now for the next three weeks. Um, so... I mean, we could go full strength in all three games. You know, this this could be a possibility. We could see, I mean, we've seen some pretty strong teams go out in the Europa Conference League uh, at times where we thought we'd see a few more changes. So, you know, we I, I think there'll be a few changes, but I still think we'll, you know, guys like maybe Kamara who haven't played for a bit and these sort of guys will, you know, maybe Pau Torres who's back from injury now and, of course, played the last half an hour last night. Um, these guys could come back in and get a bit of match sharpness, bit of uh, you know, bit of fitness. So, um, yeah, it's and you know, we want to win these tournaments. I mean, you know, we're at the moment playing one of the best, you know, teams, you know, as one of the best teams in England. And you know, why couldn't we win the FA Cup? Like, if we keep playing the way we are, you know, absolutely could be a possibility, especially with like you know, Man City and Arsenal and these teams, you know, they are, might have their their eye on a different prize come sort of later, you know, later in the season. So, um, look, you know, um, we haven't won the FA Cup since 57. It's been way, way, way too long. Um, you know, I've seen us get to a couple of finals and and be beaten. Um, and it's been heartbreaking. But, you know, look, um, why not? Um, and I think that that game against Middlesbrough is going to be great. But yeah, um, going into the second half uh, against Burnley, um, look, we we wanted that third goal. I really felt like it was the next goal the winner in some respects. Like I felt like if we um, if we got the next goal, um, you know, we would go on to win quite comfortably. If they did, maybe the the Man United hangover the sort of the old the old Trevor demons might come back and we could throw it away altogether so um but then the red card sort of changed everything uh Noah um and Berg um absolutely stupid play to pull Dougie's shirt like that especially when you've already been booked yeah very stupid because I actually rate Sander Berg I remember we were interested mm. in him when Sheffield United went down in 2020 he's a great uh, defensive midfield, obviously, I don't think he'd compete with the ones we've got at the moment. But at the time, um, highly rated uh, defensive midfielder. And, yeah, super, super challenge. He's always going to get a second booking. And I think in game time, what, it was like 15 minutes of game time between yellow cards or something? Not that long. I mean, yeah, Constant was on yeah. a yellow card for pretty much 75 minutes and didn't do anything stupid. But it's a massive point in the game. That I mean, they end up going a bit more counter-attacking from that kind of point. They had to try rebound. Mm. Obviously, that's where their goal um, ultimately came from was a, a real wolf ball header on and they're on goal. Um, but yes, I, I don't know. I, one of those well, days, isn't it? Well, you know, you've, uh, you made a great segue there cause that's what we need to talk about. And that's the one thing that a lot of villains out there in the social media, uh, world, um, are complaining about, and are commenting about is the defending, uh, long lay, especially is getting a lot of heat. Um, didn't have a very good game. I, I, he gives me the worries. I got to say it, and I know that Pal Torres um, came on for him, which I thought was a very good sub by Emery. Um, and I felt 
immediately more calm at the back as soon as he was on the pitch. I, you know, um, because at that point, of course, it was 2 2. Um, Burnley did equalize with the 10 men. And uh, it was like, like you said, just a simple ball flick header. And the um, the offside trap was caught out again, like it was at Old Trafford, um, like it has been, you know, at other times in the season. But I'm still a believer in the high line. And I think that with Pal Torres in there, it makes a lot more sense. But um, I, mean, leaving... I mean, you say that, Scott, but Pal Torres is actually on for the goal. He was? Okay. Pal Torres was subbed on at the 63rd minute and they scored at the 71st minute. Right. So I know well, Longley's getting a lot of hate. Mm. Um, we did catch Burnley offside 15 times, I believe. It was actually chatting to Owen about it after the game. Yeah. And forth, and I said the same thing um, watching it live, and I thought they were getting over the top too easy. Um, yeah. But you catch a team offside 15 times, it's, it's a pretty good day out. Diego Carlos was unlucky with that second goal. He was the one that was just a fraction forward. Yes. With Power Torres. But, yeah, I know Longley has question marks over him. He hasn't. It's his second Premier League game, Scott. Yeah, and he's been he's been sitting around waiting for a long time. I still think he's doing a a decent job. Um, obviously he might not be with us much longer because AC Milan mm-hmm. are looking to purchase him in January, and that could be the end of him. And I tell you what, I think he's he's someone that we need to keep around because we're quite short in the centre back department. Yeah, well, if we we'd need to replace him if we did let him go. Um, look, I think his one on one defending does scare me a bit. There was a few times in this match where he was caught one on one, and he just he, made, he took, made some mistakes. Yeah, he just got a toe in or just, but he 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 gives you the jitters a little bit. And I think with Torres there, we look a lot better. And I think with Consa playing more centrally and not being right back as well, it helps us. But look. We we had to do what what we had in this match, and you know we um they did a pretty good job all all around. I think um you know there was other chances as well that um, Burnley had. Of course, they had an offside goal uh, that was just a toe offside. Um, you know uh, they had the the moment that they are really complaining about is the Diego Carlos handball. They thought that maybe he should go, that that was a goal-scoring opportunity. It came off his thigh, though, didn't it? It deflected off his thigh. That's what the commentators were saying on Optus Sport. Yeah. It's the same thing in the box. If it comes off your chest or comes off your thigh, it can't be a handball. Look, I think it would have been harsh, but I think, um, look, it also the handball really did um, advantage Villa in that it moment. Did. It did. It, it, it went, you know, like he, he probably would have got to that ball, the striker, if it wasn't for the handball, um, just the way it kind of the the move worked out, the action sort of yeah. went forward. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, do I think it was a deliberate handball? No, and it did sort of flick off his thigh. So you know, benefit of the doubt, they got the free kick. Um, in the end, I think no, so no, it was a goal kick. It was given a goal kick. Yes, yeah. okay. Yeah, because they know. he went on with it and put it wide. Yeah, striker so, put it wide, so it was a goal okay. kick. Well, you know, um, I'm glad it wasn't a red card because we can, we don't need any more suspensions. Um, and um, look, uh, probably got away with that one a little bit. But um, then we went into the last uh, sort of 20 minutes, 15 minutes, two-two. We need, the, we needed the winner. You know, it was going to be another embarrassing result. I think if we had drawn two-two to Burnley at home with 11 against 10 and um, we need to buck that trend. And Jerian comes on um, 
causes all kinds of chaos by the way like he, he comes on he's um he's he's fouling people he's getting in there he's he's making things happen he did a, f- a few really good things actually in this Matt in the last few minutes where he just won us the ball back or he kept us won us a throw in and got us a free kick I think once and um you know he he's all action he he's, flies he's like, in he flies oh. in doesn't he he's just absolutely Hollywood when you watch him like you know box office stuff like you know it, there's always something going on around him but he he gets the penalty um poor old Aaron Ramsey against his former club um you know maybe uh wants us to win the title or finish top four I don't know what it is but he I'll tell uh, you what, that is a very 50 50 penalty call it's it is soft but I think I don't know I'll tell you what Scott if it's not given it's not overturned. That's that's all I'm going to say because there's I don't think there's a lot in it. I know he gets kicked, but yeah, you know, think that Ramsey did have possession of the ball originally, and then went to play the ball, but Duran just snuck in front of him. Well, uh, I think we're going to start to see this more and more in the teams are going to say when when we're ahead or when we're trying to protect a point, no big clearances from the no. box. You know, don't go for a full swing, kick it into Rose Z. Just just because if, if a yeah, if a player can get there just before, you know, you're doing that huge swing and you're out of control, you can give away penalties. So yeah, you know, um, look, yeah, it is harsh, but you know, Duran knew what he was doing, exactly what he was doing. He knew if he got in there just ahead of him, he he was going to get kicked, put his body in between um Ramsey in the ball and um yeah we got the penalty which seemed to take an absolute age to be taken and um there was so many checks and delays and I just wanted it to be over oh uh, man Dougie the ref with the whistle and Dougie was just standing there for like what it felt like an hour I know and he was doing his little like uh Brazilian run-up and um then he finally goes in off the bar twice to go in bounces off the bar bounces down back up onto the bar and in and uh villa get the three points and we'll take that thank you very much we'll move on to the next one 42 points so far in the season scott it's it's crazy yep it really really is crazy when you think about it 17 wins at home in 2023 i think those points by anyone in 2023 points points. and man city have 51 so we're in good company. We're in very good company at the moment. And before games are played, we're currently sitting second. Um, so going in at the moment, for us in Australia, going into the new year, we'll be second place. I know. If Newcastle um, beat Liverpool 7-0, we, we're going to be top of the league. <laughs> <laughs> and that's also going that Arsenal yeah. don't win either. But yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a weird time to be a It's possible. Fan, it? It's possible. We could oh, be anything, anything's possible in the Premier League, Scott. <laughs> but it's, it's crazy. It is crazy, and I think um, you know this this December period has been crazy for all the teams, and um, you know we haven't played that well through much of these matches, but we, we've still got a really good set of points, and I think most of us would have taken what what we got. Only one defeat to United. Um, you know uh, we've beaten City, we've beaten Arsenal, we've beaten Brentford, we've beaten Burnley now. Um, we got we topped the group in the Europa Conference League. It's been so, a great twenty twenty three. The only thing I think that disappoints me is the Carabao Cup exit because I'd have loved to cheeky Carabao Cup run and that that's kind of the only disappointing thing for me because I know a lot of fans' expectations got through the roof and 
we should have beaten Man United. We should have gotten three points against mm. Sheffield United and we should be top of the league or whatever. But we're where we are. We're doing incredibly well. Look, um, and just... Unai is still pumped and he's loving it, right? So as as long as Unai Emery is happy, I'm happy. Same here. Um, and he, I think he summed it up very well after the game where he said we, we gave them too many chances, but I, I was happy with the win and the way we played going forward. And, you know, I think that sums it up. Once we get Kamara back, once we get Pal Torres back, you know, maybe um, Moreno gets a few more games under his belt, this sort of thing. You know, I think we will become a better team and our defensive fragility won't be as much of a problem. I think we're always going to take a few chances, just the way we play, the high line and all that, right? We're going to give up some chances and, you know, we can't keep a clean sheet to save our lives. You know, this is just the truth. But um, look. That's why we uh, do it. But look, we're one of the top scorers in the league. We're unbelievable at home. And, you know, we're not too bad away from home. We could be better. And that's one area where in 2024, you know, hopefully we can be a bit more consistent. But look, we've got to take it for what it is. We're we're in the top four, well and truly in the top four. And um, you know, hopefully, you know, points can be taken off the other teams. United lost again last night. You know, it's good to see them, you know, get put back in their place after their comeback victory against us because, you know, they're one of the teams that realistically, if we work to finish fifth or sixth that they are probably a team that could finish ahead of us, even how bad they are. Spurs are the other one, Newcastle, these sort of teams. So as long as those sort of teams keep dropping points and we keep winning our home games and picking up the the points um, here and there away from home, I think we will finish in the Champions League spots. I think we will. It's in our hands at the moment, Scott. Like, honestly, it's in our hands. I know Tottenham haven't played yet, so we currently have a six-point gap on them. But three points if they win... It's in our hands. It, it really is in our hands, and it's it's exciting times. Yep, yep. And we've got some big games coming um, in the second half of the season. So let's get into the predictions for Middlesbrough, the FA Cup, and then we're going to go on to a little section where we're going to talk about the best of 2023 and just some of our, our best moments and, and memories and that sort of thing. So first of all, Middlesbrough away, FA Cup third round. How are you feeling about that one, Noah? I'm feeling good. As you said, we have, haven't won an FA Cup since was not uh, 56. Is that what you said? 57. 57. 2-1 against United, black and white days. And I've seen us obviously make a couple of finals. Mm. Um, obviously, most recently against Arsenal, we got battered. Um, 4-0. But I'm going to go a 2-0 win. I know you say we don't keep clean sheets, but we don't play... Someone like Middlesbrough every day. I'm not no disrespect for them. They're flying their eighth at the moment, but I think we'll have too much class for them. It depends who's in goal. I actually think it will be Martinez. I think they want to make a statement and get through yep. the next round and keep progressing. So I'm going to go 2-0. I'm going to say 3-1. Um, I think the clean sheet will never be there. <laughs> I, just, I, I just don't. I can't feel it. Um, and, um, yeah, I think it, it could be a game where... It's 1-1 and we get a couple of late ones, you know, bring on the cavalry, maybe bring on Ollie Watkins and Bailey and these kind of guys and maybe get a couple of late goals. Um, But, yeah, um, look, and I don't think there's any replays anymore in the FA Cup, so we could get a penalty. No, No, I think they're back. It was just during the COVID seasons, I think. Oh, okay. They got rid of them. Oh, that's good because I think it's a 
it's kind of like a tradition. It is a tradition. I do, sure. I do like. It. I know they play a lot of games, and um, you know, the FA Cup doesn't have the glamour that it, man, it used to when I first got into football in the early '90s. It was almost as big as winning the the league title. You know, um, it really was the the Super Bowl game of English football, if you like. It was the big, big match, and winning an FA Cup was huge, absolutely huge, and. Um, I still think it's huge, and um, if we were to win the FA Cup, it would be massive, like the biggest moment in my whole time as being a Villa fan. So, um, yeah, so. let's do it. Um, let's you know, let's start on a good let's, note. Let's give ourselves a chance at it. You know, let's get let's it. go for let's give ourselves a proper go at it. And yeah, it's pretty exciting times. It it really is. That's it. Um, and um, you know. Um, Middlesbrough had a few Villa players last season, so um, neither of them are there anymore. But um, look, it's a, it's going to be a good test. Middlesbrough are not a, a terrible team at all, and I think, um, but I think we can win three one. So let's get into our um, our best of twenty twenty three. So you've got some some categories there that we're going to go through. Yeah, so I've just gone some basic categories. So I'll list them all for everyone, then we'll go through them because I want everyone to put them down in the comments. Um, Absolutely, engage with us. So. I got favorite goal of the year, favorite win of the year. This is like a bit of a different one, but a favorite moment on the podcast that you can think of of the year. Okay. I'm obviously player of the year, disappointment of the year, and story of the year. Um, but 2023 has been quite a rise, Scott. I was trying to find the data on it. Yeah. But I couldn't quite find the actual the data on how many subscribers we've earned, but I think we were on about 400 or 500 at the start of 2022. Mm-hmm. So we've gained 214 subscribers. That's just quick math for me. It's not accurate. That's pretty outstanding on the Coot de Villa point of view. Um, so thank you to Absolutely. everyone. But if you've been here since day one or you subscribed yesterday, we really do appreciate everyone that drops a comment and likes the video, puts a comment uh, on there. So yeah. Absolutely. And get and get behind us on Instagram, on Spotify. You know, if you've watched the video on YouTube, go over Spotify, have a quick listen, and then you know. Give us a five star review on on Spotify. That'd be f- fantastic. Also, with um, you know, uh, Instagram, uh, Facebook, all of that. You know, like the video, and um, you know, like the page. And there'll probably be, be some new content going on those sort of platforms as well that we can't post on YouTube, like some short content. I know we're working on some stuff for next year, Scott. That will be on those sort of platforms. So if you want to stay up to date, yeah, chuck us a follow on on there. The links will be again down below. So. Yeah, get right. involved. Nice one. All right, let's get into it. So favorite goal, Scott. You go first and I'll go after you. Look, um, my memory isn't the greatest, um, but the one I thought was John Duran versus Crystal Palace. I just think it was not only a, a superb goal, individual goal, um, it was just the timing of the goal. It was the fact that, you know, we were, um, you know, that was a disappointing result at the time. One-one against Palace at home. We needed to keep that run going of those home victories, and it was just an absolute thunder blaster. It was actually one. Uh, we, were, we were losing at the time, Scott. Oh, that was the equaliser, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. And we came back. Yeah. So absolute shit pinger. You know, I loved it. John uh, that's a great choice. Uh, my memory is a little bit better than yours, um, okay. apparently. But I'm going to give a couple of honourable mentions. Yeah. I think the Leon Bailey goal against Manchester City just recently was it was a great goal just the build-up yes. play Emery ball was in full flight same with the McGinn goal 
against Arsenal. Another. I was, another I, was one. I was thinking of saying the McGinn goal. That was a, that was a close second one because it was a great team goal. It was. Yep. Um, another one I'm thinking of was Tiabi versus Burnley away at the start of the season. That's a again. Great there were four passes to build up to the goal, but I think one goal in particular that summarizes Emery Ball at its finest was our last loss at Villa Park against Arsenal when Coutinho scored to put us 2-1 up. I'm not sure if you remember the goal, but mm. it was a free-flowing Unai Emery ball, just sensational play, and Coutinho tops it off with the finish. So that has to be my goal. So that's pick. your pick, Coutinho yeah. against Arsenal. That was in the the uh, 4-2 defeat, the famous um, Martinez coming off the bar off his head, and that's then the he comes forward for the corner, and he's not in goals. And That's yeah, the that, one. And that was our last defeat at Villa Park back in February. So crazy, crazy to think. But yeah, uh, good shouts, good shouts. So um, let us know what's your favorite goal. What's the what's the next category? Um, favorite win of the year. Well, I think it has to be for me. Do we we've got a favorite favorite moment as well, don't we? Yeah, favorite moment. Well, I guess we can break that. Up, we can break that up into two. We okay, so moment. what? Are, yeah, I'm going to say what I was thinking for this favorite moment. I think you think of the same one as me. But the favorite. Win is Man City at home. Okay. I That's like that. The, uh, I think just because they are the treble winners, they're the best team in Europe, and we didn't just beat them. It was a full 90-minute absolute shellacking against a team with Erling Haaland in it. And, um, yeah, look. It's they, fair enough. It's justified, isn't it? When you no, no, like nobody saw that coming in no. terms of the way it happened. And, you know, when you've got pundits that you know aren't Villa connected, saying, "I've never seen anyone do that to old to to Manchester City before ever." Um, you know, Pep Guardiola came out and said, "You know, we got absolutely played off the park." You know, that I think is our best win. No, I like it. I do like it, Scott. Uh, for me, I'm going to give a couple more honourable yep. mentions. Um, Everton at the start of the season, four nil. Um, I think I think it was our first win at home. Of the season, I think we always end up playing in August. Yeah. Um, and then the one I'm actually going to go for is Newcastle at home last season. When that was we, a great, great. When we beat them three 0 I'd like to go something different. Obviously, City is the 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 most recent one and probably our best yeah. performance I've ever seen. Yeah. But in terms of what we were trying to achieve last season and where we'd come from, mm-hmm. um, I like that one. That's my pick, but also Brighton on the last day, which I think we'll both be touching on. Uh, very, very shortly. But Newcastle 3-0 yep. is my pick. Yep, yep. No, I agree with all that. I think Newcastle last year was our best performance of last year. So yeah, Big time. Um, yep, big time. No, I agree with all that. Um, we'll start with a different one. Moment of the year on the podcast, if you can remember a time that you you look back and go, all right, that was one of my favourite moments of the year. Um, look, um. Uh, there's been a few. I think um, I, I liked um, having Tommy on talking about his um, engagement to to Steph and that whole thing just from a few weeks ago. That was funny. He's just hilarious when it comes to um, you know his personal little stories when he goes off on his tangents. Um, so I would say that's one of my favorites. Um, but I think um, I think having Simon on. I think. Um, there was one where we, we we had him on, and he was just. Uh, was, that in, was that in 2023 though? That might have been in 2022. Really? I think so. That was Arsenal. 20, and Gerard was in charge. 
Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> look, like I said, my memory's not that good. So I'll just go with Tommy being Tommy. Tommy you know? being Tommy? Tommy, Tommy. Yeah, I think that is when um, some of the funnier moments, you know. That, that, that. Tommy does uh, say his mind, um, let's just say the least. But my one, again, it's a bit of a, a unique one, but it's when yeah. we um, obviously Troy um, – wasn't doing the best a couple of months ago. He's actually on the mend at the moment, so we'd love to hear it for Troy. But he is. It's, doing it's very when well. he when he sent his video message in um, for us to put on the the podcast pre Nottingham Forest game. I think for me that stands out. Um, getting him back on the podcast in some capacity. Um, that's yeah, it's, it's great to see you and um, Tommy um, go and visit him in Melbourne when he was there in hospital, and um, he's doing a lot better now. And you know, it's great to see. And uh, yeah. One of the best moments for the podcast, hundred percent, definitely. 100%. definitely. Um, and then I guess we'll move into moment of the year on field. Um, I think there can only be one for both of us. I'm not sure. It's, Brian, it's the Brighton win. For it me. has to be. Um, yeah. Qualifying for for Europe, um, first time in thirteen odd years, and um, just giving ourselves something to hold on to at the end of last season, because um, it was always sort of felt like it was just out of our grabs. Europe, you know, like we were sort of coming home with a wet sail, but it felt like it was just a little bit out of out of the grasp, you know, but we managed to do it on the final day. Brighton are a quality team. Um, and to, um, you know, to beat them final game of the season when all the pressure's on and they were, um, you know, they were sort of just above us at that point as well. Um, I think that was great. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, Hopefully, it, 2024 is even better because we won that game and we go on to win the conference. That would be fantastic. So, yeah, the, the win against Brighton, I think, was moment of the year. And that that's exactly the same as me. Another one you could probably think of was our first game back in Europe at Villa Park mm. um, in the in the group stage, not when we played Absolutely. Gibbs in the qualifier, but we actually played a group stage match. There was another one that springs to mind for me. Um, just being back in European football is, is quite remarkable because when I was coming up, as a Villa fan, I just kind of took it for granted, kind of expected it to be an every year sort of thing, um, but never take mm. it for granted because, I mean, we're in the championship not too long ago. Um, I think I think also the win against Man United, like Unai Emery's first win. Again, that's uh, 20, 2022, Scott. Well, that was 2022, was it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. It was, pre, it was okay. pre-World Cup. It was pre-World Cup. It but was. that one, that, that's last season. That's okay. one of the biggest moments, but... Yeah, all right. Well, um, last season, the the Newcastle game, you know, the Arsenal game this season, the Man- Manchester City game this season, all great, great wins, all great moments. But uh, yeah, Brighton, I think we got that one. Yeah, 100%. That, that, that seems to be the consensus on that one. So yeah, for sure. Any, what else we got? So Any we got more? three more. We got more. player of the year, and I'll go first. I think Ashley Ollie Watkins, in my opinion, I think I think someone different. Um, I think you're going to go a player that I think one player of the year, I think this year you're going to say, but I think Ollie Watkins this season mm-hmm. taking his game to another level under you know, Emery finished with what, 16 goals last, like last year. And most of them yeah. came in back into 2023. So you're going to someone's probably got 26 goals and over 10 assists in 2023. Yeah. Um, I don't think you can do much better than that. So I'm going to back in Ollie. No, I love that. Um, I mean, I would probably say Douglas Ruiz, but I also want to, Say Leon Leon Bailey as well is also right there. Like, he's pushing up, isn't he? Yeah, he's pushing he's, up. He's right there because 
he's he's um you know minutes per goal contribution he's up there with Haaland and these you know he's right up the tops and this season in particular I think he's been outstanding last season had some good moments but was a little bit more hit and miss but this season you know he's been injury free he's been firing he's been you know scoring in the Europa Conference scoring in the Premier League assists you know doing the whole thing I mean yet I'd like to see maybe a few more away goals you know but at Villa Park, gee, there's no stopping that lad. So, I hope, but Douglas Louise consistently over the whole 2023. Yeah, I think him and Watkins definitely the clear two favorites. No, 100%. And this one's, I think, a little bit tougher, seeming the 2023 we've had. Yep. But disappointment of the year. And I'll go yep. first because of how tough it is. There's a player I, I had so much time for when we had him in on loan, we signed him permanently. I set him for my goal. Of the, I think Coutinho was someone I had all the hype in the world for. Right. I, I just wanted him to get it right under Emery. I thought that that he could under Emery as a manager. He's a fantastic coach, and it just never quite worked out. Kept on getting mm. injured and everything like that. And he finally got his body right and got injured again. And I'm just, just really, I'm disappointed myself that it didn't work out more than anything, because um, I really wanted it to. Okay, yeah, it's a good shout. Um, I mean. You know, he was a Steven Gerrard signing. Um, and you know, maybe Emery just thought, look, he's not gonna fit in with my plans. I'm not sure. My biggest disappointment in 2023, I'm gonna say Maddie Cash. Um, I think this particular way of playing and the way we are possessing the ball and playing a lot of risks, playing it out from the back and that sort of thing. I think it's not quite suiting his game. He he has had some good moments, like we were talking about the goal against Burnley earlier on in the season at uh, Turf Moor where him and Diaby were just looking like, you know, um, I don't know, like Ronaldinho and Cafu on the on the right-hand side there for uh, at one point. But look, um, it was yeah. I think he's he's dropped off a lot, and his ability with the ball is not quite what we need. And a right back, I think, will likely be coming in in January. Hundred percent. Um, and the final one. This was your suggestion, Scott. But yeah, story of the year. What is your story of the year? Look, I think it has to be Unai Emery, like the the story, the redemption of Unai Emery. And I think the win against Arsenal is the moment for him to sort of say to the English press and the English, you know, fan bases, especially the Arsenal fan base. I'm not a joke. I've, I, I am one of the most elite managers in the world. I'm in the top five and I win, I win things and I make teams better and I make players better. And yet you might think I'm a bit weird you know, I'm a bit eccentric. I'm a, you know, I speak funny or whatever, like your, you know, sort of prejudice against Unai Emery is. I know Arsenal felt like he played sort of turgid football at times, which I haven't seen at Villa, um, but okay. Uh, look, but I think he's proved the naysayers wrong. I think he's taken Villa and he's fully invested his whole being into it, into the culture, into into the history, into um, just the the whole fabric of the club. And I think that um, he's just been an absolute class act. 
Uh, he gets the he gets the fan base. He gets how important the Holt end is. The U system is the um, just the the fan base and the whole sort of culture of the club, like I spoke about earlier. And yeah, I just think he has been absolute top class, and he's the story of twenty twenty three for Aston Villa. I completely agree with you, but I'm going to throw another one at you. Yep. And it's the the man that really fanned himself again in 2023, and that's John McGinn. Yeah. Um, someone that's absolutely he was down and out. Let's be honest with you, he was struggling under Stephen Gerrard. He was given he the was. captain's armband, and fans were getting on his back. If you don't admit that, and I think you're lying um, to yourself because everyone was kind of getting frustrated with him. He was playing a bit deeper, wasn't able to play himself. Like when when he would go away for Scotland, he would be amazing. Yep. Um, Emery comes in and lets him be John McGinn and he's become a better version of John McGinn um, in this year and he's only going to get better and better under this manager and obviously you know Emery gets all the credit because of what he's done but I think it takes it takes a character to be able to be as low as you were in, um, under a manager and then fight your way back and I mean John McGinn could easily have been out of this lineup when Emery comes in no, don't want him in, sell him on, get rid of him but no, he's one of our most important players and credit to him. Absolutely. And I think, um, you know, the form that he was in under Gerard in those last few months there, I think, yeah, like you said, Emery could have come in and said, nah, he's not really my sort of player. I, I prefer a more, I don't know, technical sort of ticky-tacker Spanish player. Like, you know, let's bring someone in or... But no, I think he realised that how important... John McGinn is to, to the identity of this team and just, uh, you know, he's been there in the tough times in the championship days. He's come through from a, quite a young player when we first signed him from Hibs to, um, you know, he's been through uh, three, four managers now at Villa. Um, so, uh, you know, he's been there. He's, you know, he's part of the furniture. He gets the club and part of Unai Emery getting the club was realising that, John McGinn was an integral part of this team and their captain and coach are fully aligned now. And we are, you know, both looking in the same direction and going in that direction. And like, it's, you know, it's only helped McGinn. Um, I think with Bubakar Kamara and Douglas Suiz, I think it's the perfect uh, midfield trio when they're all fit and playing and healthy. Um, look, they, they just, have the have all different sort of skill sets, but they just complement each other so much. Exactly and that, and that, yeah. that's kind of why I have to go for him. But what a year, Scott! What a year! It's to been a fantastic on. year. It's, it's a good nice place thing. to wrap up there. Um, yep, uh, great year. Twenty twenty three is done. Happy New Year to you all. Please like and subscribe. Comment on the channel, and um, you know, go and check us over on our socials and like us over there as well. Um, we love you all. We um, happy birthday to Coxie as well. Um, Coxie, one of our oldest fans had his birthday the other day. So happy birthday to you. And um, here's to a 2024 with some, hopefully some silverware and some success. Noah. Ooh, um, exactly that. Exciting. Yeah. If it's as good as 2023, it's going to be exciting. That's for sure. And we will see you after the FA cup Middlesbrough. Up the villa. Woo!